You're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast. Where we unpack what's new and innovative in education. Today, we've got Emily from our team joining us. Emily is our Director of Advocacy and recently spent time in Detroit visiting schools. During her time in Detroit, Emily got to sit down with Jen McMillan of Detroit Prep. Emily, tell us more about Jen. Jen is the co-founder and head of school at Detroit Prep, an elementary school located in the Indian Village neighborhood. After years of teaching in different schools across the country, she's learned key lessons to leading a school and is truly focused on putting students and families first. Um, So I just really enjoyed hearing from her and learning from her team. Yeah, Emily, I remember during and after you got back from that trip, you were so energized. You were excited to share um, all of the things that you got to see and were really eager to share Detroit Prep story in um, particular. Let's listen into your chat with Jen and learn more about the education climate in Detroit and what's working well at Detroit Prep. Good morning, uh, Jen, and welcome to the Getting Smart podcast. I asked you to join us on the podcast today because I took a trip to Detroit to learn more about the schools and the really great high quality um, teaching that's going on and the deeper learning that's going on for students. And I happen to be fortunate enough to visit the school that um, you work at, Detroit Prep Academy, and I was just really impressed and floored by some of the things that you and the team there are doing, and um, especially given some of the somewhat contentious climate around the schools in Detroit right now, you just had such a positive attitude. We're moving things forward and really just doing what's best for kids in light of all of that. So just wanted to have you on today so you could share a little bit about that, but also just about all the great things you're doing at Detroit Prep. So if you don't mind, just introduce yourself to our audience and tell us um, where you work and a little bit about your background and and how you got there. Yeah, thanks, Emily. So I am currently the head of school at Detroit Prep, which is um, currently a K-2 school in Detroit on the east side. And then we add a grade level each year. So we'll eventually be um, K-8. And we're a proud expeditionary learning school, which means that we um, have a really intense focus on not just one part of student achievement, um, but uh, really three dimensions. So mastery of knowledge and skills, a focus on high quality work and a focus on character development. Um, And we hold all three of those areas to at the same level of importance in in students in their learning and growth. So that's my role currently. Now I can't remember what the second part was. So tell me how you got there. And then I'm going to actually pick your brain a little bit more about EL. But how did you get to Detroit Prep? I remember you telling me that you had um, some experience with TFA, some experience in some maybe a larger urban school. um, But we'd love to hear that. It's great context for how you got to where you are. Yeah, so I started um, my career in education um, after college. I was a, a Teach for America Corps member in the Bay Area where I taught high school special education in Oakland for three years, and then um, worked as a teacher coach with the New Teacher Project, and then Teach for America in um, San Francisco, Oakland, and the San Jose area. And um, just really missed the classroom a lot and learned so much from my time being out of the classroom and getting to observe the phenomenal teachers that I that I had a chance to work with when I was, um, when I was coaching. So I went back to uh, teach middle school math at uh, Kip School in San Francisco, which is a really fantastic and phenomenal school that was um, pushing kids learning to new levels and um, the team there was just like really like so committed even in the face of challenges Um, so it was a really 
looking back on that experience was just like a real honor to be there. Um, and then my husband and I moved back to Michigan where, where I'm from originally. Um, my grandfather was actually a, a principal in Detroit years ago and was fortunate to find Detroit Achievement Academy, which is our flagship school on the northwest side of Detroit that currently serves students K through five. So I was a founding teacher there. I didn't know that about your grandfather. That's super interesting. I wonder uh, what he would say the schools were like then and then how you would describe the education system now. That must be, um, I don't know if he's still with us, but that would be such an interesting conversation to have. And I guess that leads me to my next question. What have you seen go on the last couple of years in Detroit um, in in terms of the education system? I saw some really bright spots, but again, no, there's a lot going on to make to make that happen and make those bright spots a reality. Give us a little more background and context on the Detroit system right now. Yeah. I mean, I think that just exactly what um, what you said about bright spots, like there are, um, there's like this constellation of just like hope kind of happening around the city right now. I think that, um, the, in the past couple of years, since I've been back, at least, um, not, not knowing in detail, the context from before, like there, there are so many, um, different, different schools and different networks of schools and movement in the, um, DPS community district that are just, really positive and um, the narrative is becoming more and more student focused. I would say that that prior to prior to moving back, a lot of what I heard about the um, education landscape when I was interviewing to, to move back home was that um, just because of like how challenging things were, um, both in the district and in the charters at that point, that a lot of the, the conversation was focused around adults and adult problems. Um, and more and more since we've since I've been here, um, the, it seems like the conversation has really shifted to thinking about student achievement and what what's going to support students and families best. There's been like a lot of um, a lot of like positive forward movement around like more coordination in the city between both between like um, the traditional public schools and charters, and then also just like getting information to families in a way that they can make great choices for their child. Um, not every school is going to be the perfect fit for every kid. And, um, but there, there hasn't been previously a lot of like open information flowing about how to choose the right school for your kid. Right. Especially in this the ecosystem of Detroit right now, there are so many options and with busing and transportation and neighborhoods changing and shifting and gentrifying and people moving out, at least from what I heard and what I saw, that's a real choice and understanding the choice is a real um, issue or barrier also, right? If they don't have access to understanding what their choices actually are. Um, So that's really refreshing to hear. Like at the school level, but then also like different organizations are really trying to get that information together for so that we can really like be in service of students and families and do more like cooperation instead of straight competition for, for students. One of the things that you're doing to uh, make sure that Detroit Prep is a great choice, not only obviously focusing on great academics and the EL piece, but then also making sure that you're intentional intentional about serving the students in the neighborhood and having an intentional focus in diversity. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So one of our one of the components of our founding mission at Detroit Prep is that um, we'll serve a uh, diverse student body uh, along all lines of difference. So um, socioeconomic, 
uh, racial and, you know, like just students, ethnicities and backgrounds. We really want to be supportive of the, the families and students who are here now um, in the neighborhood that we're serving and then across the city as well, because we think that every, every student in Detroit should have access to a world-class education. So we, um, we offer everything from busing to um, individualized support for families based on their areas of need. Um, we do, you know, work in conversations with our families around what it looks like to have conversations with your child about diversity and race and privilege um, so that we're not only like serving and like really working to to have the conversations within the school, but then also families feel supported in having those conversations with their children um, to really keep that as like part of our overall values and, and things that we're thinking about and talking about. We just, we believe that everyone, everyone really benefits and overall like the world will benefit from having those, those types of conversations and that type of learning. That is so, I, I'm like, it's making me almost tear up because it's so true. And you saw it. It was so apparent when I went to Detroit Prep that there was such a focus on that. I think I saw a couple parents coming in and out, really happy to be at the school, which is la- is located actually in a church currently, at, right? And then it's going to be moving. Is that correct? Did you get the new building? Uh, still in the works. Um, we, that's, that's definitely like one of the, one of the current battles that's still existing for, for us at least. Um, but that, that like competition, the competitive atmosphere definitely still exists. And, um, so with the, with the new building, we're still experiencing that where like every, every school, every district wants what's best for their, for the students within that district or within that school. And so um, we're just trying to, to figure out like exactly what that would mean. Yeah. And especially with there's a lot more, as you mentioned, a lot more networks coming to Detroit, a lot more schools linking up and doing things together. So the competition, it seems like also shifts and changes, right? So it starts as one thing and then um, shifts to another. Um, I also appreciate that you not only, as I said this before, focus on making sure that there's intentional diversity, but then also giving students and families the um, learning experiences that they deserve. And what I mean by that is not just focus on rote memorization, skill, 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 nonstop, but really deeper learning experiences that are a combination of, you know, personal touch for each individual kid um, or learner, but then also these really um, robust expeditions and learning experiences that tap into who young learners are as individuals, um, both you know culturally as well as socially, emotionally, and that's just such a joy to see. Um, which I know isn't always the case when you're in school systems that may or may not be quote unquote making the grade. Um, and so, I, you know, I'd love to hear you talk about the culturally responsive piece, the EL piece a little bit more, and how that's just really brought joy and really great outcomes for the students and families at Detroit Prep. Yeah, we, that's something that we um, have thought about a lot and something that we continue to think about is, is in particular that piece of character development. Um, it's something that we really value and making sure that, that our students are growing as learners and part of growing as a learner is like knowing yourself and knowing your community well and just really working to be a good person. Um, we have six habits of character that students focus on and we're always talking about them, um, always thinking about ways that 
students can be specifically like working toward a goal and one of those habits of character. So for example, students do weekly goal setting around um, a habit of character that they're working on. So if they're working on integrity, they might really be focused on their goal for the week of telling the truth, even when they do something wrong, or um, they might be focused on compassion with like using nice words with their, their crewmates. Um, And so it's something that we're thinking about and trying to help students know themselves well and being very self-aware so that they can then notice like their impact on others and their relationship with others in the community so that they're able to uplift everyone. I think that that, that can be really challenging say, um, even as adults. I was just going to say, if we all could work on those things a little bit more as adults, <laughs> that would be good too. I need to work out those things. You're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast. Today, Emily is chatting with Jen McMillan from Detroit Prep Academy. If you're enjoying this episode, make sure you check out our blog post all about the school called Don't Doubt Detroit and take an even deeper dive into the school and the city. We'll link it in the show notes and on the blog. Now let's get back. What's the element of community? You say that they work within the community at the school, but then also within, is it Indian Village, the surrounding neighborhood yeah, so community? Uh, is, do they do work uh, in the um, north part of Indian Village, bordering on the, um, the Pingree Park neighborhood and the West, West Village and Island View neighborhoods. Um, and then, um, yeah, so we, in terms of the, the community, I think that, that we really try to um, have our learning have a local context as much as possible. I think that last year we probably did a better job of that um, because we were designing our own expeditions. And then this year we made a shift to um, adopt the new Yale education curriculum, which has the expeditionary expeditionary components and the content-based learning so that students have context for everything that they're learning. So for example, all of our um, our second graders right now are learning about fossils um, and paleontologists. And so all of their reading, all of their writing right now, that's um, guided in the classroom and whole group is related to fossils, paleontology, and um, becoming experts in those areas. And um, But then on the flip side of that, it's definitely been a challenge to be like, well, where are fossils in Indian Village? And how can students have like a real community experience? Or yes. how can they then give back to the community? But um, but we've thought about like how, how they can give back to the broader community. So they went to the um, Ann Arbor Museum of Natural History and part of their final product for their for this current module that they're working on is um, designing like a kid-friendly plaque for the like a fossil exhibit. So um, it might be like a fossil of a bird and their job is to create a, a, like a narrative of how this fossil was found in a kid-friendly way so that kids can access that information at the museum. Excellent. So what's that switch been like for teachers, either teachers that have been there and now are using the new curriculum or teachers that are, you know, new to EL and more projects and expeditions? Um, This may be kind of a leadership question, right? You know, how do you work with teachers who haven't had that experience and what do you find um, they they think about teaching in that way? I think that we are... um incredibly fortunate. I, I have like finally, after a year and a half of working with them, found a way to describe our teachers. And it's like, picture the best teacher that you ever had all through your school experience. 
and like, what did you do in that classroom? What were they like? How did they help you think? And I have six of them. <laughs> like all of our teachers are like, teachers. Oh, I love it. so it's just so from that perspective, I feel like we're insanely lucky um, because they're just really positive. They're constant learners. They come at challenges with like, this is challenging. What can we do about it? Um, and with like a real sense of like positive intent and ownership and accountability that they like hold within themselves. And so that, that's something that I, I mean, I feel like I shouldn't share that because I'm, I'm so spoiled as a school leader to have, to have <laughs> those, those people that I get to work with every day. Um, they're just, they're just really relentlessly focused on students and student learning and what's going to help not just their students be successful this year, but then what's going to set them on a path for like lifelong success. Um, and I think that that, especially in like the primary grades is really cool to see that, you know, like you're looking at your kindergartners and thinking like, okay, what do they need today? So that in 10 years, this happens so that in 20 years, this happens and having that simultaneous, like long-term and short-term view. So I think even though the work is, is really challenging. I think with like every success that we've that we've had and everything that's going well, I could also simultaneously say like, and it's like a little messy and it's really challenging and it's not perfect. And we've gotten constructive feedback about it from families or the broader community or, you know. Um, so I think that, that that's something too that our teachers balance really well is just that like sense of possibility and like it's not there yet or... Um, like with, I think with the more like conceptual understanding, things are just a little bit messy. Like it's not, it's not just like that drill, drill the skills, get the test scores, which five kids are we going to move from um, below basic to basic and which five kids are going to move from basic to proficient and things like that where those are definitely like valuable conversations and conversations I think that everyone on our team has had in the past in previous working environments. But just being able to see the complexity that exists, that like things need to, the conversation needs to be way more nuanced than that. Yeah. And what's the goal? What's the goal of moving a kid from here to there, helping develop those skills? What's the meaningful work that he or she is going to remember 10 years from now that helped them become a more robust individual? Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I, thinking about my time in the classroom, I'd much rather take on those challenges, knowing we're all working towards goals like that for kids than the prior, right? So I love how you couch that, that with those successes, there's also a counter challenge. But if those challenges, again, drive you to be, to do greater, to do better, and all in the service of great learning for students, then you're in the right place for sure. Um, or you're doing, you're doing the good work. Um, so one other thing that I noticed was at your school is that you're, and this might actually be attributed to some of what you just described about the really great um, environment that teachers have to work in and kind of the conversations you're having is anyways, and I noticed that you're engaging in culturally responsive classroom. Um, could you tell me or tell our audience more about what that is? I'm a big fan um, and just share a little bit about what that looks like in the day-to-day for teachers and students. Yeah. So we, um, we are kind of like a hybrid right now between um, responsive classroom and management in the active classroom. Um, just like really believing in the foundation that we need to have very high expectations for students and the way that students are engaging with one another, um, with 
adults with the, you know, the broader, um, the broader like community around them and how they represent themselves, um, how they, how they engage and interact with others is really important. But we also believe that it's our job to explicitly teach what that, what that looks like, sounds like, and have students reflect on where they are, um, in terms of their, like, how are they doing in terms of their ability to represent themselves within the habits of character and, um, where do they need to keep working? So we, um, we do, we have more, we start every single day with our morning crew meetings and, um, students start by greeting each other. They share something based on a provocative question. Um, and then they do some kind of team building activity every day that helps them to reflect on how they're showing either a specific habit of character or multiple habits of character in like a really safe way. So, um, they might play a game where they are, they're creating a web with a ball of string and then they're reflecting on how they had to show cooperation within that game and what was challenging about showing cooperation, where do they find success and what would they do differently next time? So they're, they're thinking about not just like the fun of creating this gigantic yarn spider web and trying to roll a ball across it, but they're also then thinking in in a very safe way, um, you know, that game is like really low stakes. And if it doesn't work, nothing bad happens. But how did you respond in the face of a challenge to your cooperation? Or when was it hard? Was it hard to be compassionate when someone dropped this piece of the string and we had to start all over again? Like, how did you show compassion to a teammate or to yourself when that happened? And um, so those those types of experiences, then weave throughout the day, um, I think of our kindergarten team does just like a really phenomenal job of actually pre-planning those questions ahead of time into their, into their crew plans for the week. They then think about then like, if we're working on, if we're working on responsibility or we're working on perseverance, then like where would perseverance show up in our uh, English language arts lesson and like pre-planning those questions. How did you have to show perseverance when mm-hmm. you were um, creating your diagram? How did you make sure that you tried again when something was too hard for you or how did you make sure you were revising something when it wasn't your best work to show integrity? Um, so they, I, they have like this table underneath their plans even where they're thinking through like, how does this live in the academic day? Um, and then we end each day with a closing crew where students have a broader reflection on the day and then have a chance to appreciate one another for how they, sh- how they showed habits of character um, throughout that day. Yeah, embedding the SEL and those traits is so important and it's something I think is often left out. You know, we have them up on the wall or we intend to focus on them, but really putting it into the academic context as well is so key. I actually, the kindergarten class you mentioned, I was outside at recess with them and I don't even know that was maybe the 17th, 18th day of school. And they were already talking to each other with such respect and asking probing questions to each other. And the teachers were just, uh, you know, facilitating, but kind of on the side and just letting them kind of interact. And they were interacting in such really lovely way and already using some of the language that you just described. It was phenomenal. It's great. I'm smiling right now again, thinking about that. Um, anyways, you um, not only a lead part of the school, but you also are um, leading instruction. So I don't want to take up any more of your time, but thank you so much for you know the work that you're doing and then for sharing more with our listeners. I know that they'll appreciate it. Um, anytime we can hear from people doing um, work in the field day in, day out, and just really making deeper learning happen for students, we are very thankful. So thank you. Um, and I guess actually, no, 
I'm going to ask you one more question because I'm curious. <laughs> what brings you hope and joy about teaching and learning in 2018? I think what makes me really hopeful is just this idea that um, we... I think we've like come really far in the time that I've had the privilege to work in education, moving away from just like single lane of like mastery based uh, education to more to building like students conceptual understanding and their joy in learning and their character. And something that really excites me about that is um, in the past, as we were just as people were just like learning about these types of things, I feel like there everyone was looking for more of like a clean like a really clean solution. Like this, oh, if we if we want to have students have a deep conceptual understanding, there is one way. Let's figure out what that way is. And one thing that I've noticed is that there's a lot more comfort with discomfort, um, which feels helpful to me is that like, mm-hmm. no, actually the work like is really nuanced. The work that teachers do every day from the planning to the execution, to the reflection, to the replanning, like it is very complex and requires just so much smarts and professionalism and um, collaboration and like all these like very high level professional skills that I think helps to move the conversation to a place where um, we have like a shared understanding that, that the work that we do with students can be messy and that's okay. As long as we're keeping the longer term vision in mind and everyone is, is working from a really like collaborative and professional standpoint to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. And taking, you know, not even taking back, but making it very clear that this profession is a profession more so maybe than many others in a lot of ways because of the complexity, because of the nuances and um, the challenging work that's um, ahead, but the challenging work that educators want to engage in and come back to every day. So Thank you so much. And we look forward to seeing more of your work on uh, the Getting Smart blog and just finding out more about how Detroit Prep progresses. Teaching is such a nuanced and complex profession, and I'm sure glad we have people like Jen working with our young learners. There's hope on the horizon for sure, and Detroit is just one example of where to find it. I agree, Emily, and I know our team is incredibly grateful for dedicated and innovative educators just like Jen, working tirelessly to create powerful experiences for their students and never stopping. I also want to thank Jen for sharing more with our listeners and all the dedication she has for students in Detroit. And be sure to check out the Getting Smart podcast. We're on iTunes, and while you're there, subscribe and rate us. For more on all things innovations and learning, check out our blog as well at gettingsmart.com. That's all for today. For the Getting Smart podcast, this is Jessica. And this is Emily. Signing off.